Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. Live in Los Angeles, California. I'm back from the NFL draft in Kansas City after three amazing days. What a weekend in sports it was with the NFL draft, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, making headlines and keeping everybody glued to television sets and hitting Twitter to see uh, what everybody thinks about some of the most amazing moments we've seen in the all-calendar year go down over the weekend. So much to talk about over these three hours, obviously, coming off of three days of coverage of the NFL draft. I've got a lot to say here into this microphone coming back from Kansas City. Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague from NFL Network, will be joining us on this program to run through pick one through 259. Andy Reid the head coach of the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs and host of the draft uh, over the weekend. He'll be joining us. Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills, will be joining us as well. You should lift the phone. Give us a ring, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I've got tons of stories to tell from my three days away from this microphone. I want to thank Susie and also Kirk Morrison for sitting in this chair to keep you all entertained and informed. And good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman, hey, here on the Roku channel Welcome and everything back. else we're on. Welcome What's back, going on? buddy. Good to see you. Jay Felly, good to see hey. you. How are you? I'm good, Rich. How good. T.J. Jefferson, the candle's already lit. How are you? My Maserati does 185, Rich. Yes. Let's go. Yes, it does. Let's go. Yes, yes. Good to see you over there. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Good to see you back. We're, now, we're now all uh, Michigan fans, aren't we? How about that? Okay, that we'll talk about how the Dallas Cowboys down. draft Drafted and obviously the Patriots drafted and the Jets drafted, just for those of us here in this room. Uh, I've got a top five list of the top five drafts that I uh, I think are the, the tops. Of all time? No. Oh. Of 2023. Oh, okay. I bet I knew what number one is. Overreaction Monday <laughs> over there. Good to see you. Uh, you ready over there, Chris? Your, your computer's all plugged in? Yeah, I need some juice. Good times. <laughs> Good times. What is juice? Well, the Texans drafted a guy named Juice, and hey. we'll talk about that on this program. That was ironic. <laughs> Don't you think? Hey. Don't you think? <laughs> so, um, yes, lots going on in the NFL world and the NFL draft and everything that goes on, and I've got tons of stories to tell. I can't wait to tell y'all about it. Can't wait to hear What Steph Curry did on Sunday merits top of show conversation what he did yesterday is what we'll be talking about when he goes into the basketball hall of fame in springfield massachusetts whenever that day comes we'll be talking about steph curry's top five moments or best moments as a pro this is one of them 
this is one of them. This could be number one, and I understand he's got championships. And last year's championships, last year's championship run was maybe the stuff that nobody saw coming. So everybody thought this born-on date of their dynasty had passed. Malik Monk kind of even uh, made reference to it after Friday night's shocking Kings Road destruction of the Warriors. After Game 5 last week, when the Warriors did in fact come up with the necessary road win to set themselves up to take this series, did in fact win their road victory for a 28th consecutive playoff series, extending their remarkable, I don't think will ever be topped, record run. And certainly after this season when they couldn't win, play a lick of defense and win a game on the road, coming out with that game five win, it was a coronation set for Friday night and the Kings curb stomped them and Malik Monk said something along the lines of, well, you know, we're younger than them. That uh, we can deal with the one game off in between games a little bit better than them. And apparently Steph heard that. And so did Draymond and so did the rest of the team. But somebody showed up in Sacramento and in very Game of Thrones-like way said not today. And that's Steph Curry. Number 30, coming up with a 50-piece. 50. 50. First player to ever come up with a 50-point game in a Game 7 in the history of the NBA. And the most important part about all this, because it was a team game, they did hold the Kings and this stellar offensive NBA team to 42 second-half points. And almost, if it wasn't for a garbage score at the very end of the game, almost wound up holding the Kings to fewer than 100 points, which had only happened four times all season. Four. So it was a team effort. Kevon Looney, Looney with one offensive rebound after another, extending one possession after another. And obviously, if you're going to give Steph and Clay and Wiggins and the rest of that team extra possessions, you're, you're asking for it. And the Kings asked for it. And they got it. But the most impressive part about all of this is that according to a story in The Athletic that came out today that was co-written by Shams Charania and let me get this gentleman's name correct, um, Marcus Thompson II, I think is his name. I probably botched it. But at any rate, in a story that came out in The Athletic today, Curry apparently spoke to the team over the weekend and said, whatever's going on in your head, you get on the bus, you're coming to win. You got it right. Marcus Thompson the second. And if you did not get on the bus, then we know you're not with us. Now, of course, everybody's going to get on the bus. But he basically told everyone <laughs> in that room, and we all know stuff's been simmering. There's an iceberg, and we're seeing barely the tip yeah. for the Warriors. He basically said, I've got this. You come with me. Everybody needs to row in the same direction. We're not going out this way like we did on Friday night. We're not doing that with the cowbells and the beam lighting and all that stuff. Ain't happening. And 
So Steph rarely speaks, apparently, like this to the team. And how did he back it up? With a 50-piece. With one three after another. With one heart-filled possession after another. This guy, when it's all said and done, certainly if they continue on and, dare I say, win this championship, and with the Celtics and Sixers tipping off tonight and the Heat and the Knicks in already a battle of attrition with Jimmy Butler with another remarkable performance but turning his ankle and Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo being out and the Knicks already being shorthanded with Julius Randle sitting out and Embiid potentially missing tonight's game one. And that's the East that you can't sit here and say the Warriors can't win it all again this year. Mm-mm. That he would back up what he's saying and that if they win it this year, he is putting himself in position to be named the greatest point guard of all time. And that's a conversation that you can start having right now. You can have an argument. You can have pushback. A lot of get out of here's. But he's putting himself in that position right now. And oh, baby... I know you were talking about it, Chris, a couple weeks ago or forever how long you've been talking about it. But LeBron versus Steph. Let's go, man. This is it. I want seven games. I want them all. (laughs) And how about the fact that the Warriors in this second round contest have home court advantage as well? They get the four games at home. The Lakers have to go up to San Francisco and come up with a win for a shot to win this series. And it is the 23rd time when the ball gets tipped off tomorrow night. 23rd playoff game between Steph and LeBron. Steph is 15-7 and in the previous 22. Here we go. Love it. That was gift from the basketball gods. It is that. Lakers, Warriors, let's go. And let's just put this out there, too. The Nuggets are playing like a one seed. They are playing like a one seed. They're playing like the best team in basketball They toyed. With the Suns, game one. Toyed with them. And they've got a lot going for them. (laughs) Goes without saying. Yeah. But the final eight, sign me up. I can't wait to see how the rest of this plays out. But Steph putting a 50-piece on Sacramento and saying, that's my latest pelt on the wall. The De'Aaron Fox Kings. That's my latest pelt. And he backed it up. Could you imagine he said what he said and then went uh, three for 12, three for 15, you know? <laughs> well, pull the, four, clay, three, four. pull the clay in the first half. Yeah, and clay didn't look very good in the first half. And Wiggins couldn't make a free throw in the third quarter because this thing could have been totally blown yeah. out sooner before it, it, it did. Still a close game. midway through the third, fourth quarter and you look up, it's 20. You're like, whoa. Yep. And, and by the way, while we're just on the subject, the Lakers finished off the Grizzlies. Did you see the uh, margin of victory? In game uh, six. 40 feet. Yep. So Dylan Brooks said he wasn't going to speak to anybody unless he got 40 dropped on him. <laughs> I didn't think he meant the final score. Didn't mean the final <laughs> margin hey, hey, hey. of difference of the game in which the Grizzlies get eliminated. So the Lakers are feeling good about themselves. The Warriors definitely need to find an extra reserve with the Lakers having sat around all weekend long, they have the advantage in terms of rest, but in terms of just feeling great about themselves, in terms of watching Steph Curry 
come up with a generational performance, they got to feel great. All time, Rich, you mentioned it. It's the only 50 point game in game seven NBA history. Correct. The previous record, 48 points. Steph's former teammate, Kevin Durant. Durant. I don't think that's insignificant. I think so too. I just, it was incredible. Also, Rich, you know, we're talking drafts, and I, you know, sometimes I don't even think about this sometimes, but to kind of marry Steph with the draft that you just witnessed. Yes. I was in the building. I was in the garden the night Steph Curry got drafted. I was there. I was watching the draft. I went because the Clippers had the first pick, and I wanted to see Blake Griffin get drafted. And if you would have told me that day that that kid <laughs> got picked, I think it was number nine, would it's amazing. It's well, amazing know, what this always, man has done, and he's not finished yet. He's always been special. I just remember watching him play in the Number NCAA tournament. Was, I think about it, yeah. NCAA tournament for Davidson. He he was always he always just jumped off the screen. But what he's done in his career, what he does, it's worthy of every ounce of praise that we've spent the first dozen minutes of this show on. Every ounce of praise, and again. We will be talking about Game 7, Round 1, and I understand it's just a first-round contest, but this is a team that had a championship last year that came out of essentially nowhere, and now they're trying to back it up. Everybody thought we would definitely have a new champion crowned this year, and here we are one round in, and it hasn't happened yet. And... They got the Draymond suspension out of the way. They dispatched with the young team that may not know what they should know. And they taught them what they need to know, which is you need four wins. And keep your mouth shut when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors with Steph, Draymond, and Clay on it. Man, has it worked out well for guys calling uh, other teams old? Right. Yeah. Dylan, just yeah. great. Didn't work out for Dylan Brooks. Didn't right. work out for Malik Monk. And I guess what, what uh, you know, the the three old teams of the year, right? The Lakers, the Warriors, and the eighty for Brady cast. There we go. <laughs> In no particular order. All, all hits. There you have it. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. Let's move on to the NFL draft, shall we? Andy Reid's on this program. Brandon Bean is on this program. And guess what? Daniel Jeremiah will join us on this program. He has all the answers, and on top of his incredible performance this weekend, he got peed on by a dog. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but he took that person. Dog rescue, which you know I'm huge on. Huge. So when Charlie Hook, the king of spring, our executive producer, the man in charge of programming and in charge of production at the NFL Network, said, hey, uh, is anybody, he sent a text to me, and Peter Schrager and Daniel Jeremiah and Charles Davis, all four of us on the set, anybody allergic to dogs? Anybody have a problem with dogs? Because we've got eight puppies coming to the set. You know who was the first to text back? We're all good. <laughs> you. That would be me. <laughs> I'm like, where are you? I'm in. Where do I sign? The dog showed up. <laughs> we each grabbed a dog. Within two minutes, I look up, and Daniel Jeremiah is showing me this big yellow stain on the left side of his shirt. Just the speck is real. I was amazing. <laughs> and uh, he broadcast the rest of the uh, rest of the day with it. Very impressive. The last two and a half hours with a with wow. a dog pee shirt. Couldn't get him a shirt. Uh, he, we were he was asked multiple times by multiple people on NFL Network. Do you want another shirt? We can go in your room. We can go get, get one. We can go shop. You know, wow. it's a Saturday in Kansas City at four in the afternoon. Malls are open. Stores are open. 
He said no. What he a, said what no. A gamer. He's a gamer. Wow. He is a gamer. And he uh, and they uh, put together uh, breakdowns of the dogs, similar to what we did that one time with him for, which uh, uh, with with uh, football movie characters. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. And he talked cool. about how Patrick, the dog that peed on him, had uh, character issues. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Everybody should seek out that video on our on our uh, on our NFL Network feeds and whatnot. He definitely took it personally. He listed him last out of all the dogs. Well, the thing is that uh, he also pointed out, and he might say it here in a minute, so I hope not to steal his line. As you as we all know, he is the color, color analyst for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> and and the dog's name is Patrick yeah. in Kansas City for a reason. And so he got peed on by Patrick. Hey. And I said, as we went to break, it's a good thing that the dog wasn't named Travis because we all know what Kelsey did on the Chargers every single time. He's on. <laughs> and did to the Lombardi Trophy. Apparently. Well, it's not the Lombardi Trophy. All right, well, let's take a break. There's so much to talk about on this show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dog. Kelsey did not spike the Lombardi Trophy. Do you know that for a fact? He spiked a I haven't spoken Lombardi to him. Trophy. That is not the Lombardi Trophy. He did not spike it. I don't know. Gronk used it as a baseball bat once. Well, that's Gronk. <laughs> Man, that was cold blood. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. I'll answer your draft questions as well. Daniel Jeremiah, when we come back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Spent a ton of time with him over the weekend, and I already miss him. That's how much I enjoy working <laughs> with him. At Move the Sticks, his great podcast with Bucky Brooks, also by the same name. Daniel Jeremiah, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I uh, I went to take a little, you know, let's just, you know, let's just lay on the bed at seven, maybe take a little twenty minute yep. um, and then rejoin the family. And uh, next thing I knew it was four o'clock in the morning. So oh, we got a nice little rest. Jeez, good for you. Yeah. You're all caught up. How did the Jeremiah family um handle uh dad or uh their 
uh, worse half in terms of your wife. That's what you are. Uh, <laughs> how did they handle you getting peed on by a dog? How did that? How did that hand? How did that? Because I know how your television family handled it. How about your actual family, Daniel? Well, uh, you know, this is the sign of the times, right? So I've got you know four kids, the youngest of which is fifteen, and they go up to twenty-one. So they all loved getting on our family uh, chat and saying that all of their individual friend chats are now buzzing and talking about me getting peed on. So it was a great sense of uh, of entertainment for like the track group chat, for the cheer group chat, mm-hmm. you know, for all of my college friends, my, my kids are in college, all their college buddies. So it provided a tremendous amount of material for all their friends. And that's why I'm here, Rich. Why didn't you get a new shirt, DJ? You were offered a new shirt multiple times. I heard it over, you know, the conversation from truck to you. Why, why, why no new shirt, Daniel? Well, Rich, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know. And, and you rode in the car with us on the way back afterwards. It was, it was I don't pungent. Know that the new shirt. It was pungent. It was strong. It was. <laughs> it was strong. I, I don't know that the new shirt would have... Uh, would have taken the smell away. And once you're dry, I mean, the damage has been done. Let's, let's, just, let's ride this thing out. Oh, my gosh. We had a blast, man, over the weekend. Now, looking back on it, you're, you're two days clear of it. The, the headline, is there one? What's the headline from the 2023 draft, Daniel? Well, well, I mean, I think we started with the quarterbacks being, you know, the big, big story. And that, you know, not only – we have you know the the fireworks at the top with the quarterbacks but then you had literally every element of the quarterback drama was there we had the guys at the top you had one sliding you had that that next wave of quarterbacks with Hendon Hooker you know going to third and then it was who's going to be part of that next wave Stetson Bennett you know I you know personally I didn't see that one coming that he was going to go ahead of some of those other guys and then we ended up with what something like 14 quarterbacks a crazy number of quarterbacks uh getting picked so that that was uh you know, that was a big one. And, I, you know, and when you get on the plane and you fly home, I get the research packet, right? And we are going pick to pick and we're flying. And sometimes, you know, you, it's not until you get on the plane and you realize, oh, my gosh, I can see the totality of what some of these teams did. And I looked at it and I thought, you know what? Golly, the Green Bay Packers, for having lost Aaron Rodgers and they are ushering in a new era, they had a heck of a draft, man. And they brought in a big class with a lot of really good players. So you, the Packers – have reached uh, a certain height for you. You like them? Why? Yeah, I, I just love what they did. I mean, I think when you think about a young quarterback having, you know, two really good young tight ends to throw into the mix, um, I thought they did a great job with that. Um, I just thought that they were able to find some value kind of all throughout the deal. And I didn't realize until we got to the end that they had so many players. Like, they had a huge number of picks. Um, so I thought they did a really nice job. So uh, as we all know, we talk about fit, right? Whether the player fits. Um, and conversely, though, the question is, is how does the team fit the player? That's the issue for a lot of guys who just got drafted over the weekend. Did they get drafted by the right spot, whether it's a system or whether a coach is on a hot seat and might not want to play the rookie and then that rookie doesn't play for a while, or they sit behind somebody. Which quarterback do you think, Daniel, landed in the perfect spot for them to succeed over the last three days? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Thank you, I, sir. You know, I, I'll be honest. I I think that you go right to the very first one, and we had we had Frank Reich on, 
And Frank Reich, even just when you're talking to him in our capacity, he has such a soothing, calming effect. You know, like he's just nothing's going to really rattle him. He's not going to freak out like Bryce Young. Bryce Young throws four interceptions in his first start. Can you think of a more calming influence than to walk back into the building and have Frank Frank Reich just put his arm around him and say, hey, hey, kid, I saw Jim Kelly, you know, struggle and this, that and the other. And just he's going to be a great mentor for him. They already have a good offensive line. I thought they did a nice job in this draft. Um, you know, they didn't have a lot of picks, but they did get him a little bit of help there as well. So I, I think that's a that's a nice quarterback cocoon for him to go into. They so, got the uh, you know the receiver from Ole Miss going to be a good fit for him. They got a lineman from NC State and Chandler Zavala late who's a good player. So I, I, I just like to me with with quarterbacks. Give me a great play caller. Give me some protection and hopefully a few playmakers. And I think Carolina has a pretty good uh, infrastructure to handle that. So then let me just go straight to Richardson since that was the conversation you and I had starting from the combine all the way up until we heard his name being drafted fourth overall is he's got to go to a spot. I think you even said something along the lines that there's only seven or eight teams that could properly, um, you know, maturize him or grow him. Um, and get him to blossom are, are the the Colts and their current situation and their offensive scheme one of those teams did he get did he land in the right spot do you think yeah I, I thought that was the spot you would cherry pick for him um, for for a bunch of reasons um, to me when you you look at the staff they have they're out around Shane Shane Steichen he was with the Chargers did a great job with Herbert welcoming him into the league and getting him up and running. He's been around a bunch of different systems. He's seen it work with different style of guys. Uh, you know, everybody's going to point back to his time with Jalen Hurts. But it's not only having him there. To me, the offensive line's got to play better, first of all. They did not play well last year. They're going to have to rebound and play better. We'll see. I think they've even announced, you know, they already talked about, hey, we'll, we'll let his play dictate the timeline here. We're not going to say what the plan is yet. We're going to let that kind of be determined. He's not going to be rushed right away. But once he gets out there, Rich, that is a fast track, and it's a division with a lot of fast tracks. And you've got him as a runner, which they can lean on early, and him in the backfield with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, they should – if he plays more than 12 games next year, the Indianapolis Colts will lead the league in rushing. I mean, I almost feel like that's a lock um, with him getting out there. And then they can slowly continue to develop him as a passer and put more on his plate there. But that's a, uh, that's a good fit, not only for the coach you have there, um, to me, I think the style of play that they'll that they'll incorporate, and even down to the division and the surface on which they play. And then, what do you what do you make of Will Levis's journey from Thursday to Friday night? Uh, why did he drop out of the first round? And do the Titans have the proper setup for him to succeed? Do you think, Daniel? You know that one. I you know in terms of the setup, you know we'll see. I mean, I think that one's uh, to be determined uh, with how that's going to work out with him there. But I, I know. I, li- I know Rand Carthon. I think he's a sharp guy. I think he'll continue to build out this roster. But for a team that's had a lot of postseason success, the roster's not in great shape right now. So there's still some work to be done there. But why he fell, your first question, um, he didn't have as many suitors. So I could find, um, you know, I knew there was a lot of teams that everybody pretty universally liked Bryce Young. Then there was a good number of teams that were intrigued and, and really liked C.J. Stroud that would have taken him, I believe. And then after that, it was the two toss-ups, and it was trying to find the homes for Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. And the spots were really two. It was four and 11. So either Indy or Tennessee. If you get beyond Tennessee at 11, it was like, okay, well, you're going to, you know, you're probably going to be on a little bit of a drop here. 
And that's what happened with Levis. But in talking to people that night, and we, we talked about it off the air, um, you know, there were, there were, there was a team that was the Tennessee Titans that was trying to get back in and had called, you know, multiple teams. I know for sure that they had called Kansas City. Um, I know for sure they had called Buffalo about trying to get back up into the first round and take him. So, you know, I still think there was, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for him. But they, the Tennessee Titans who took him in the top of two with the 33rd pick, I think they would have been happy to have traded up and taken him, in, and that would have made him a first-round pick. And then the last quarterback question, DJ, is uh, we saw a record number drafted. Um, we saw a record number drafted in the top 150, 200, and then the whole shooting match. And and I I think it's a Brock Purdy effect. The question I have for you is the Brock Purdy effect – why the fact that somebody's drafted so late can be so good in such crucial high leverage situations as Purdy was for the 49ers or that Purdy got hurt in such a crucial game and and that you need more or, or the fact that he was able to get into a game and perform so well you're looking for that because of the attrition at the position why, why do you think we saw so many taken well, it's there's a lot. It's not just one reason. I, I would add to that. I thought the strength of this draft was day two. You know, I, I thought there were probably day two guys that went in round one this year because we didn't have that full complement of guys. And then I thought the draft really fell off once you get into you know fourth, fifth round. I thought okay, a lot of these guys who were picked beyond that point in the draft were probably free agents in a really good draft. So teams are sitting there saying, well, wait a second. I mean. If we hit on this guy, we're going to take in the fifth round in this draft. Um, we hit on him. He's, you know, he's on our practice squad. Maybe he's covering some kicks for us. Versus, we take a flyer on a quarterback, and in, not even saying that you know the perfect world he'd be Brock Purdy, but just saying in the world that he's in our system, he's on our practice squad, or he's our you know second or third quarterback, and we play 17 games. The value of that player being in our program versus somebody else whose ultimate upside is to cover kicks for us, let's just take a flyer on some of these quarterbacks. And that's why, what do we have? We have like four or five of these guys guys go in the fifth round. Yeah. Might as well just take your shot. It's just like a lottery ticket. Just go ahead and buy your, get yourself a lottery ticket and see what happens. Daniel Jeremiah, a few more minutes left with uh, my compadre from the NFL Draft, Move the Sticks. He and Bucky Brooks' podcast is must-listen to here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's amazing how going in, we're like, where's Bijan going to get drafted? And how does that, what does that mean for the running back position? And he goes to the Falcons at eight. But the one that, that really, um, you know, uh, resonates with me is Jameer Gibbs getting picked yeah. 12th overall by the Lions. And then the conversations that, that we were hearing is, is how, many, how many teams were interested in him that high and how many punches the Lions beat. Uh, to get him where they got him, what what's what gives with that one, Daniel? Well, I, I think I think it's a result of the receiver group not being what we've seen in years past. Okay. So if you're and you look at way the way offense has exploded in this league and all the great young quarterbacks that we have, everybody's chasing points right now, and it's become harder and harder to stop people. It's like okay, we need playmakers, and so you start having a meeting, and instead of having a running back meeting individually a tight end meeting or receiver meeting you say like hey who are the mismatch players in this who's going to help us get you know first downs and touchdowns and help us you know get some juice on our offense and i think the receiver group i i just they they didn't they didn't fall in love with that receiver group that's why that run didn't start till the 20s 
And when they they mix all these things in together, and they're like, you know what, one of the best matchups in this draft is going to be Jameer Gibbs against the linebacker. Um, that's a mismatch player, and and we talked about it. I mean, there were teams saying, okay, you know, we think he's going to actually spend more time in the slot for us than he even will in the backfield. Um, but uh, you know, that's why they looked at it. It's just, and it's it's kind of like this. We've been talking about rebranding the running back position, not for everybody, but for the guys like Bijan and, and and guys like Gibbs. Like, hey, ditch the just ditch the name running back. Just go with offensive weapon or something else, uh, any other creative term you want to use, mm-hmm. but. That let teams know that you're not going to put me in the backfield, you know, 100% of the time because those guys we've seen where that value has gone. So then, w- which receiver do you think can have a breakout season? Give me, give me one based on where they got drafted, first, second, even third round. What do you got for me on that front, DJ? Well, I mean, it would be like you know, like we spent time together at the uh, you know at the draft and we're walking around. I mean, one of the best places to be. Is uh, is with Rich Eisen at an NFL event. So if I'm if I'm Jordan Addison and I get to be on the opposite side of the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel pretty good about all the attention going that way, and I'm gonna get to have a great time. It's like me. I mean, Brockman can appreciate this. I'm sure he's been there. I mean, Rich Rich can't walk ten feet uh, without some you know picture autograph. He's very sweet to everybody. He's very nice to everybody. But it sure makes life just easy on the rest of us. We can just skate right by. And that's what happens when you play opposite of Justin Jefferson. So I'm the Justin Jefferson of your world, is what you're saying, at an NFL draft? Yeah. Is that what you're yeah. saying, or the combine? It's, yeah. it's, it's not just and, and because I'm you got a free lunch. You got a free lunch at a Stone Street. Yeah. That can't be that, too. I did. I got, a, I got a free lunch. Well, I'll tell you what. Jordan Addison weighs 173 pounds. We let him hang out with Stone Street a little bit longer. That's not going to stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> Slaps barbecue is no joke, brother. That is oh, that no is, joke. That's the best. It's a, literally the best meal that I've ever had. I'm, that's not hyperbole. It's, a, it's an absolute fact. Yeah, but I you just stopped wish I could have done it after st- the draft, so I could have really jumped in. You stopped eating. You stopped eating. The rest of us gorged on that Friday lunch, and you stopped because you had a broadcast later that night. Come on, Daniel. That's a red flag for me. Look, that was a red every, flag. Every every player, every player in person has strengths and weaknesses. Unfortunately, my stomach is not one of my strengths. Mm-hmm. So I just I got to put it. I have to put it in a position to be successful. Okay, you know, that's just where I was. All right, last one for you, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, the head scratcher. Which one is the one that you're like, really? You know, and again, I, that's not our. That's not our uh, DNA on NFL Network as we, we, yeah. we evaluate the pick, what the kid can do, and we, we're like, hey, this is going to take years to evaluate. You never know. That said, which one was like, really? That pick at that point? You got one f- for me on that, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, I would, say, I would say it was almost who didn't go versus who did go. Okay. So I, I just thought going through the process that Nolan Smith was such a freak show athlete and had been hurt so that's one of the reasons why the numbers weren't weren't great but you know he he jumps off the screen when you watch him there at georgia so the fact that he was down there at 30 where the eagles got him to me was the that was probably my biggest head scratcher of the of the first round and i've got brandon bean coming up you you were saying as uh as the the bills hopped up in front of the cowboys who we we knew were tight end uh interested in the draft you're like you, you you warned the league, don't let the Bills draft Dalton Kincaid, and that happened. You know, that's you literally said that, and then the pick got red. Why 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 would you say that about the tight end out of Utah that now goes to Buffalo? Why do you say that? Yeah, I mean, if we if we say you know Bijan Robinson was kind of his own player, 
I thought that the best pass catcher in this entire draft was Kincaid. He was my ninth overall player. Um, I just think his everything that he does really well translates with the ability to separate. He's got unbelievable hands. He's just he, he creates wins in the red zone. He creates wins on third down. And you made a astute point about you know Josh having some turnovers down there in the red zone. Yeah. Well, it's going to get easier. He's going to make his life a lot easier down there because he can really uncover. So um, I just thought you've got a premier young quarterback and a draft that maybe lacked some of the uh, the juice with pass catchers. Uh, I thought he was the best one, and, and lo and behold, he's he's going to get to play with Josh Allen. So that's uh, I, I'm curious to see what Bean says, but I don't know if he'll admit it. But I mean, 100, percent they knew they had to get ahead of the Cowboys, and they weren't going to see him. Daniel, appreciate the time, sir. Greatly appreciate it. You be well. Awesome job, as always. You are the best. You make my life easier and more enjoyable because of how you go about your business when we're off camera. Also, you're the best, really. No, I appreciate you, buddy. You're the ultimate point guard. You're a great friend. I've got to do 11 of these with you, and I hope we get to do many, 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 many more. Hey, if I was a dog, I'd mark you up too, brother. Oh, you know? I don't care. <laughs> I need, by I the way, care. good reminder, i got to expense that shirt. Thank <laughs> Patrick the dog doing what all of America loves to do, which is mark their spot on Daniel Jeremiah. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks, buddy. You be well. That's Daniel Jeremiah right here on The Rich Eisen Show. You know what, man? It was wild. He says that as soon as the Bills trade up in front of your Cowboys, they're like, Cowboys need a tight end. I think they're going to go get Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. And he looked at the camera. He's like, I'm warning all of the NFL, do not let this happen. All 31 teams, warning. And then just like the same, like, like watching a horror movie, where you're like, oh, don't walk in that room. Don't go there. Yeah. That was the moment of the draft, just like that, to that point, until the Eagles were on the clock, 30th overall, and Nolan Smith was still on the board. And it was as plain as day. Yeah. Oh, they're taking this guy. It was as plain as day. It truly is watching a horror movie and you're like, why would you why would you walk in there when you like why are you doing that by yourself? Why are you leaving your phone behind? What are you doing? Don't go in there. And the rest of the league went in there. And and obviously we all assume and that's the whole thing with these draft evaluations like what what is, you know, uh, a value pick. Well, the pick is valued by you, the observer, by you, the analyst, by you, the mock drafter, by you, the blogger. The, that's how you, and you value this pick higher, and the, some, suddenly that person is drafted lower, well, then suddenly that's a value pick. And teams have different values. They have different needs. You know, could the Packers have chosen somebody other than Lucas Van Ness? Sure, but they had a need at that spot, and they thought the kid fit it, and boom, he becomes a Packer instead of Nolan Smith. And then Nolan Smith winds up 30, and based on what we saw at Georgia and what we saw on tape and what we saw at the Combine and what we saw in all the mock drafts and the evaluations, he's sitting there at 30, and we go to break, and it's like, this is going to happen, isn't it? It's absolutely going to happen. The guy who drafted Jordan Davis, the guy who drafted Nicobe Dean, the guy who drafted Jalen Carter, because he drops all the way down to nine and they move up one spot to take him, is absolutely going to take Nolan Smith. The calls are coming from within the house and the houses of the Philadelphia Eagles. Plain as day. 
And that just is only one of the many reasons why the Philadelphia Eagles, in my mind, had the best week at the draft. So I'm kind of giving away, giving up the ghost, to use the horror movie phrase in a way, about my top five that's coming up later in the program. But I have other reasons. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. When we come back, in my mind, the best moment of our draft coverage, and it wasn't DJ getting peed on by a dog. That was the clubhouse leader until this moment happened. That's next, and the backstory of it is great. This is The Rich Eisen Show with Brandon Bean of the Bills and Andy Reid of the Chiefs still to come. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So when uh, hosting a draft, gents, for as long as I was on the air. A lot going on. There's a lot going on, but then there's sometimes there's a lull, honestly, where the guys are talked out. It's late in the day on day three, and picks are not happening fast enough, or they're not, to be very honest with you, big, bright, shiny names that you've heard of. Right. And there was that moment on day three on Saturday and the terrific setup that they have for me on the set is there's a, a monitor called program. What that means is exactly what you see at home. And then there's a, a monitor that they have to my right. It's called the Snoop Cam. It's a camera that's on the doors that the commissioner walks out of his green room so I know he's heading to the stage. Oh, okay, that's cool. So I'm kind of aware that the pick is almost, and they also get in my ear like 15 seconds to the pick and all that. And... And then there's one monitor that's on the podium. That's it. So it was really a a lull. And I look up, and there's one of the super fans giving the pick, announcing the pick. Now, all 32 teams are represented in the orchestra pit, the closest seats to the stage. Each team sends a bunch of their season ticket holders or diehard fans, and each team has its own section. All 32 teams. And some of these super fans are, you know, wildly dressed. And I looked up and I saw this guy, an Atlanta Falcons super fan, dressed in an Atlanta Falcons suit, <laughs> a suit, red suit with the logos of the, fa- the logo of the Falcons all over. Yep. And he had what is it? Was that a Dusty Rhodes it was championship old, belt? Uh, on WCW big gold belt. And it, it had ATL on it yeah. for Atlanta. And I, I just even just, I just said out loud, I'm like, okay, let's just take the podium. So I basically became the producer and the director of the live mic, just saying, just take it. Let's see what this guy's got yeah. to say. And believe, thank goodness I did that. Best moment of the draft. Check it out. The Atlanta Falcons select DeMarco Hellams. No. Defensive back, Alabama. 
28-3, good one. We've heard that before. Wow, look at that suit. But just that exchange, I thought to myself, I even said this on the air, and that's why I wanted to bring up, not just to bring this funny moment to y'all, but all I, I mentioned this on the air, like all 32 teams are represented by fans there. And they are, thank goodness for you folks, diehard fans in the NFL. And it's a great moment. You're at the draft. I think they were flown there. They're not paying. It's not their own expense. Like, you get an ex- all-expense pay trip. You're announcing a pick, you know. Yeah, that's cool. And and you probably all in the section have gotten to meet each other and know the person who's going to make a pick. Why would you troll on the guy? What do you mean? Why uh, wouldn't you? Why? But like, Because you're all <laughs> there. What are you talking about? And that's what I want to bring up to you guys. Like, what? <laughs> Don't you think, like, this is the moment? Like, hey, let this guy have his moment. He's got his belt. He's got his suit. He's making a pick for his favorite team. Just like you would when you get up there, if you're a super fan, like, can't we all just get along? Like, this is the moment we should just put it aside. I got six rings. That guy's got 28 to 3, and he has to wear that the rest of his life, especially when he's wearing that ridiculous suit. Yeah, but so everyone else was wearing something ridiculous. I'm sure the Patriots fan who got up there was dressed like he were battling Lexington and Concord. Hopefully he was dressed like a Super Bowl ring. Like... You ask, you I mean, bring that on yourself. I think you, it only you would see been, what I'm saying. I think it only would have been better if he went, oh, 28 Never heard that one before. But him just, saying, yeah, I heard that. That's no, oh, my like, only no, tweet to he the was, joke. He was, but, he, I, I, it was, it was, filled it was great. With, it was filled with bile and yeah, he, he just, just caught me. And, and, and by the way, that moment, because I just said, let's just throw it to the podium because we had nothing to talk about. It wasn't like that pick was anything, you right. know. What, what, what round was that? I don't know. It was a pick two something or whatever. It had oh, okay. to be round so, six. Yeah, okay. Seventh round. I just looked up. I'm like, this guy looks interesting. Let's throw it to it. And by the way, all you aggregators out there who made a, made hay on this moment, you're welcome. Because that wouldn't have been on television if I didn't just look over and right. it wasn't a law. I'm like, let's just take the guy. Residuals, <laughs> yeah, so, no. but but I honestly thought to my give the guy a break. You never you didn't think that because I you did. Not, I said it on but, the air. But I'm saying, Rich, you've done enough drafts to know people are going to boo the teams that they don't like when they're up there, no matter no, what. And that I understand, you but know? like to to heckle the guy with <laughs> yes. his worst moment as a fan, and he's a super fan. Like, what are you doing? You know, people come on, fans. Come on, you know that there was no chance that that was going to slide. That's the thing, like, was it a? Do we know, was it a Pats fan that heckled him? It was probably a Saints fan. <laughs> probably a Saints Excuse fan. Excuse me. They hate each other. They Excuse hate each me. other, which we found out in Atlanta. They really don't like each Are other. Are you really questioning whether it was a Patriots fan? Yes. Are you really questioning? Yes. Yeah, that joke is kind of league-wide now. To where I, I don't even doubt it, everywhere. It's in every sport now. This poor guy, man. He's just like wearing his suit. He's got his belt. He's got his belt. He probably had to check this belt. You know, if he probably got it through TSA. He paid a know? solid $350, $375 for that belt. I promise you. Yeah, I've, 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 he gets well, up there custom. and somebody, yeah. somebody 28 to threes him. Yeah. Come on, yeah, man. That's, that's zero chill. Totally fair. <laughs> totally fair. That's what I was thinking. It's just like, it, come on. Because everybody's got that. Somebody could scream at the Patriots, you know, Eli Manning. You know, some Giant fan could do and that. guess what, Rich? And they giant probably fan did. Can, and an Eagle fan could did. bark at a Giant fan. Boston Scott or whatever. You know, or D- Deshaun Jackson. And then an Eagle fan can have, you know, somebody Would yell you at them. rather fight each other? Like, physically no, fist fight? No, just leave it. Just everybody. We're all here for a draft. We You're all a just super get along. Fan. Right now, I'm Rich, a super I mean, fan. 
it's a it's a moment for everybody. Yeah, no, we don't no, rock like that, not. Rich. I am nope, never I'm nope, never nope. going to cheer an eagle pick. Can't you just nope. check the bile uh-uh, at the no. door when you're all super no. fans? No. You understand how angry no. I was when the Eagles d- drafted? How like when I saw where that was going to? I said yeah, I, I sent a picture out in the no, text. Michael Parsons too was like on a live stream. No, and, like you guys are disgusting. sitting at home. You're fr- but I'm just saying this is a special moment for literally everybody there. <laughs> Rich, I want to live in the world that you live in where you think they would just show respect to these people. Drew like, Pearson got booed, man. It was amazing. He's an, uh, he's an oh old man. He's gosh. a Hall of Famer. I'm so glad there was a lull. I'm like, let's just see what we got here. That's a good call. Because otherwise, we would never have seen that moment.